I have to get in the right headspace. Yeah, dude. There you go. Fucking put it in the air, dude. of doom i'm your cypher dylan and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers every week we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn you can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com follow us on instagram like us on facebook follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com and subscribe and listen to the podcast on itunes and spotify and any other such questionable podcasting website that illegally took the podcast and put it on there uh if you have a question or want to pitch me something you can do so uh by firing off an email to diary of doom 1968 at gmail.com uh joining me for this week's chapter is two-thirds of the hudson valley uh band sun voyager uh we have stefan and carlos in house with us so thank you for joining us tonight thanks for having us yeah uh other member of the band is kyle kyle uh could not join us um but stefan plays bass and carlos is the vocalist and guitar player and uh their most recent album that came out was uh seismic vibes which is really good and you should all listen to it before all that happened um what are your guys's uh backgrounds in music did you have a musical upbringing or was that something you found on your own uh definitely had a my, myself i i mean speaking for myself i had a musical upbringing uh, my mother got me into the beatles very real very early on um and you know it led me to pick up a guitar which um you know i i didn't necessarily stick with guitar i went to cello pretty fast so was classically trained in the cello that quickly led to bass got an electric bass probably at the age of 10 and um i mean my first guitar i think i got when i was six been playing ever since mostly i mean it was it was the beatles when i was a kid i was obsessed with uh with rubber soul and um got into punk in high school quickly got into classic rock and stuff like that and little little bit of the of the hardcore scene rage against the machine was one of my favorite bands in high Mm -hmm. school and uh you know i don't know carlos what you got yeah so i i interestingly like i didn't have anyone in my family that that played music or did music like I didn't have any musicians. I didn't have any, like my, my parents didn't listen to music. I didn't really have anyone kind of in the family, except I had an older brother. I have, I have a bunch of older brothers, but my older brothers are the kind of the ones who like passed me down some records and they were mm-hmm. like, Hey, you should listen to this. You know, I had one brother who was like really into hip hop and old school, like instrumental cuts. And then I had another brother that was like, kind of into like 
Yeah, you're trying to find yourself and figure out like what you like and what you don't like. So like, I think my first CD I ever got was actually Simon and Garfunkel, like Bridge Over Troubled Water, I think was mm -hmm. like the first like record I ever got. And uh, that's how like I kind of found my way into music it was like older brothers who were just like throwing me shit and like i wanted to be cool too so like i would just like listen or you know whatever they were doing they didn't like play musician they didn't play music or anything but um you know as soon as you get to that like middle school into that high school phase you're like oh you want to impress chicks so like i'm gonna be <laughs> a band right and so like i started on that path and like eighth ninth grade and just never stopped and just like kept playing music and then i just found it to be just kind of like an outlet for me and it was always something that just like felt right being up there playing music you know performing was just like something that just kind of felt natural to me even though there was nothing in my upbringing or natural surroundings that you know, would lead me there. It's just something I kind of found um, chasing after the ladies, you know, <laughs> doing it all for the ladies. All for the ladies. I think we all, we all also had uh Tony Hawk's pro skater. Right. And uh, those jams certainly stuck with you. They, they stick to you to this day. And, you know, the skateboarding counterculture of, of that era was just so huge and I think that it resonated with all of us. And it, it I mean, me, me with the Beatles background, you, the first time you pick up an N64 controller and you're ripping on some Tony Hawk, uh, you got some Primus going in the background. And it's just, you know, I don't know, warps, warps your, your fragile little mind. And then uh, before you know it, you're smoking weed and uh, and and, uh, and then replaying those games. <laughs> yeah, behind the hockey rink. Yeah. And then a decade later, still playing those same games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater is like slowly becoming one of the like most oft mentioned uh, things on this podcast, along with like new metal and I don't know something else we talk about a lot. Oh, we that's all had new metal, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep, see? <laughs> it, it just creeps its way in. I think I was more System of a Down than anything else. I was I was Linkin Park. There you go. Sure, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that we were all queens of the Stone Age around that time, too. White Stripes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That White Stripes was huge, because, like, my mom, like, loved the White Stripes. So that was, like, something we kind of could, like mutually both enjoy i mean i don't love every white stripes album but but that or those early records are are pretty brilliant and i uh, was lucky to see them before they split wow that's sick uh now if if i if i remember correctly because i i you know i had to do a little research i you what you both went to high school together right that's right my man does his homework it's hard <laughs> We're constantly changing the narrative on who we are and what we do and where we come from. So I know it's a little bit difficult to do some research on us from time to time. But but yeah, yeah, we grew up in the same hometown. What what it which is that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a town of Monroe, but we were in like we were in like Orange County. Orange yeah, County, yeah. Um, but we grew up in in uh, in the town of Monroe. You know, 
40 miles north of the GW. It's our stomping ground, Woodbury Commons, right off the highway, very close to West Point and Bear mm-hmm. Mountain Bridge. Um, we played a fair amount of hockey at West Point, um, hung out at the Galleria Mall in Middletown, New York. Um, fair amount of bowling in Chester. Went to the castle for all of our birthday parties. Um, place is still around somehow. It's funny how some places, some places linger, and other places, you know, of all the Actually, that have gotten shut down, the castle is still around. No, it's funny you mentioned the castle. They actually just like officially sold to the, the guy went out of business like two weeks ago. Oh my god! <laughs> what are we gonna do without the castle? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Where am I gonna play mini golf and go go karting, dude? Dude, they had axe throwing there. They just got shot down. They 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 put an axe throwing a few years ago. I never went, but well, we'll always have rock fantasy, right? We will always have rock fantasy. That's my man. My man's gonna die in that place. For for listeners who don't know what rock fantasy is, it's a legendary record store, head shop, pinball machine place up in Middletown. The dude is a legend. Really, really, just cool all around place. Oh, that sounds awesome. So I, I, I know Orange County like decently enough because um, I'm in New Jersey. So you're you're just over the border for me. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we played shows. We played plenty of shows in northern Jersey. Like northern Jersey is might as well be just like uh, one town over from us. Yeah. You know? uh, we played plenty of shows, you know, as many shows as we saw in Jersey, we probably saw in New York City, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spent a fair amount of time in Jersey. Stefan went to college in Jersey. So we, we, you know, Northern central Jersey, you know, there's no such thing as central New Jersey. Ooh. <laughs> not on, not on this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Are you a, are you a Taylor ham man or a, uh, what's the, what's the divide? It's Isn't there a divide? Pork in Jersey? Yeah. South, um, South Jersey pork roll. Yeah. So the technical breakdown is Taylor ham in the North, pork roll in the south that being said i find both titles to be equally good taylor ham because it's what i grew up with but like come on pork roll that is a fun phrase to say sure (laughs) and plus like pork roll egg and cheese i don't know that just rolls off the tongue yeah wow starving right now (laughs) love it but yeah i definitely know that area not uh like pretty well i work and close-ish to that area. I work in um, uh, Rockland County up by the mall. Oh, nice. Sure. Yeah. I lived in Suffern up until this past summer. I moved to Ramsey. And oh, okay. So you're in my you're now you're in my neck of the woods. I am in your neck of the woods. Wait, yeah. I am in Rutherford, which is uh, like just about the like one of the last towns before it turns into Union County. I used to work at the Malo building that like where route 17 meets route three. Yeah. 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 They're, they're like those two kind of like really tall twin buildings. Yeah. 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 I remember, I remember when I was moving here, I was like going around, like looking at apartments with my girlfriend and then, you know, we kind of settle on this one and she was like, yeah, the best reason 
that you move that you should move here is because you live five minutes from uh, <laughs> from medieval times. There nice. You there you go. We, we had a buddy who used to live in Karlstadt too. Yeah, that's right over here. Yeah, it's a it's a weird stretch of highway towns. It's very odd. And it's Jersey, baby. It is Jersey. You know, given the nature of like what Sun Voyager is um, falling in kind of like this more of the psych rock spectrum than like the the doom metal genre. But there's enough crossover and, and you know, respect for the genres between the two. Um, did you guys have any like specific records that helped you make a crossover into like heavier stuff? But like, honestly, like I could totally see like how like the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel would be even could be perfectly like realistic entry points into discovering like psych rock, you know, down the road. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think for us, it's, it's a little bit different than most. Um, Obviously we all, we're we're all huge on Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think that at the earliest stage of starting this band, we were, really starting to get into the uh, late 60s uh, psychedelic stuff like Blue Cheer and uh, 13th Floor Elevators. Mm. And I I think that that led to the initial kind of formation of our sound. We also listened to a lot of like more of like the skater desert stuff like Fu Manchu and and that stuff. And obviously there's Dope Smoker on the heavier end of the spectrum um definitely huge fans of sleep and torch and i mean i i think that it's probably a well-rounded mix of all of those things carlos what do you anything else yeah no i think i think that's fair i mean i had like you know some college buddies and stuff that were like really into like the heavier shit, you know, and that's like, like you're wearing like an electric wizard, mm. you know, right now. And I remember the first time hearing electric wizard, you know, it probably wasn't until like end of high school around there when I started to get like more into like the doomy shit, you know, of, of course sleep and then sleep turns into ohm, and, you know, you have all these like, really i mean it's just like it's one of those things like you know like we're dudes who just kind of always smoked weed and like <laughs> you know and just kind of like we slowly started to like gravitate towards those things and you can like you can hear like riffs from dudes and you're like man that guy was so fucking stoned when he wrote that riff <laughs> and like we should like let's try and find some more of that you know let's try to uh, channel that energy yeah and and obviously as a band we've we moved we kind of move all over the place you know like from some more like psych like an interesting definition now like there's a lot of like these kind of like and no offense to me but it's, like, it's kind of like some soft like washy pop bands that like call themselves like psych and like it, it's more just you know our, our definition there, there's some level in, of of in, intensity and like psychoticness around like psych rock and you can hear it and you can feel it and i feel like that 
that that that phrase like psych rock gets gets thrown around a lot for some bands that are much kind of just like softier and like wavier and like we we gravitate more. yeah yeah and, and look it's it's you know it's it's all relative based on what your parameters of of how you understand and you know music and genres and stuff like that but we we certainly gravitate more towards the just like just really intense like energy out there you know we've we've always we've never we've never like played a set and people have been like hey that was really like laid back and that was like really like fun people are like holy shit like my my head like really hurts like i got knocked into by like 30 people and like i don't really feel good right now you know that that's like that's like the type of like energy that that kind of we come from you know yeah I got punched it at your show. <laughs> I mean, it, and it wasn't during your set, but I, but I still got punched in the face by accident. So got thrashed out by some guy. <laughs> no, it was. Um, so I, I saw you open for King Buffalo at Mercury Lounge, and I think, yeah. and I was just staying behind this guy, and he just went like he. I don't even know. He just like lifted his arm, and I was standing too close to him, and I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> like just completely split my my eyebrow right open it was awesome <laughs> that's brutal i went out to the i went up to the the ticket lady and i was like uh hey can i get some help and she was just like oh shit you're bleeding <laughs> i was like yeah i know <laughs> like she just didn't she was like yeah what do you need and like uh oh he's actually hurt <laughs> <laughs> that show was insane it was a great show had a great time I got really drunk that night the, the yeah gig. that was that was a that was a fun gig and those are they were nice guys they were they were uh they're very nice nice to us it's good dudes yeah it's been a been an interesting journey i think that along the way you know you we 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 found a lot of bands on the journey that have definitely morphed the way that we we play i think that you know one of the bands we heard really early on was fuzz with fuzz's fourth dream yeah that really kind of transform things for us and look at fuzz now like i mean that's a band that's always been consistently rowdy the ocs the way that their sound has evolved over the years that's another band that we got into really early on and it really erupted too i mean we saw them at mccarran park in like 2014 with uh, and King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yeah, King Giz was there. Yeah, they opened for them. We had no idea who the fuck they were. Oh, that, that's a wild band. Yeah, like I, I mean, they they had the two drummers at the time, and it was the first time that we mm. had ever seen a band with two drummers. I had no idea who they were, and I think Stu McKenzie, after the show or after they got done playing, I mean, they completely blew OCs out of the water that show. I think OCs had a three piece lineup at the time. But like I saw the dude standing like 20 feet behind me. I was like, dude, you guys slayed. What was the name of your band? And he's like, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> I was just like, that is the sickest name I've ever heard. And I mean, now now here here we are like 25 albums fucking later. Yeah, I know. It's it's two insane. years later and 25 albums later. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh an album every month and two one month. And another another crazy right. another crazy uh I mean something that really 
morphed our sound was uh, Kyle bumped into Doug Sabalik from uh, Ecstatic Vision at the WFMU Record Fair. Like, I think this was probably 2000. Yeah, no, I was there. I was there. I was there with Kyle. Yeah. Right? It was like 2012, 2013. And we, we knew Doug from his other band, A Life Once Lost. And like we went down to Philly a long time ago, like probably 10 years ago at this point, and recorded with him and his brother in Philly. And uh, we just like spent a week down there, like just kind of writing and recording two songs and had a killer time and just kind of kept in touch, but like bumped into him at this record fair. And he happened to have a bunch of demos on him, like CDs. He gave Kyle one and. I, I remember him showing me in the car and that was like, it was the first ecstatic vision record before like he, they actually recorded that ecstatic vision record and it just blew our minds. Yeah. I think it was like a demo and it just had like four tracks on it and we would just sit in Kyle's car and listen to the four tracks over and over and just be like, dude, we gotta do something like this, man. Like This shit's hot, dude. <laughs> that was like, that was like, <laughs> That was like eight years ago. Yeah. This is just, straight it, fire. Yeah. It's like, dude, turn it again. Roll up in the joint. Let's listen to this again, dude. <laughs> and it was just and it would and it would just be like they would just like lock into a riff and they just wouldn't they they'd lock into a groove and they just wouldn't leave it for like four or five minutes. And you yeah. just like you know, once you, once you find something, just just stick with it. Don't overthink it. You know, it's the kind of psychotic energy that we definitely were tr trying to channel a lot. And then, I, I mean, I think that there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of Motorhead and ACDC in there too. I mean, we're we're all big fans of, of ACDC and Motorhead, and like those bands, uh, same deal. It's like you know, you got you got your thing, stick to it. I mean, ACDC, look at their latest album that just came out. It's the same as every other album that they put out. It doesn't make it any less awesome. <laughs> <laughs> ACDC's been playing the hits since their first album. <laughs> and they're all hits. There's all hits. They will never, like, not make money. I kind of rediscovered Let There Be Rock this year. And it nice. It's just <laughs> I, nice. I, I think I think in 2020 I listened to Let There Be Rock like 60 times. Oh the way. <laughs> incredible, incredible album. But that's why but that's what's cool about your band is that like listening to it, you know, you say you're fans of all these bands, uh, like you mentioned before, but like I put it on and I'm not like, oh, it just it's it's just like a sleep clone or whatever. Like I'm, you know, I listened to it. I'm like, there's all the right aspects of it. It's got like the, the, like you said, kind of the weird fuzzy edge of psych rock. And it's like you said, like, I, I feel like um, when you were talking about sort of like the, the, the wispy wavy bands, um, I know what you mean. And I know that there is like this, it's sort of like the, like, I feel like there's psych rock where I'm like, oh, this literally sounds like psych rock from the sixties. Like, you know what what we all like know psych rock to be and then i think there's like that there's sort of that other take on it like you said that's a bit lighter you know like uh, i'm i guess like dandy warhols era stuff which like i've never really been a, into the dandy warhols but i know that they i know on their wikipedia page it says that they're a psych rock band but like you know i don't know after watching two seasons of veronica mars and hearing uh that as the intro i'm just like i don't think this is psych rock <laughs> yeah 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 and look, there, I, I, I'm not even saying there's like anything necessarily wrong with it, right? Yeah. Uh, 
I just think uh, the term has been like overused or just, it, it's just so broad, you know, and, and maybe that's not a bad thing. I don't know. I think like kind of to, to what you're saying is like one of the really, I think, unique things about us and then simultaneously like also frustrating for us or maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I, I, you know, we talk about this. It's like, we, we, we very much kind of like you're suggesting kind of have our own unique sound as we're pulling in like different elements from like different genres. And that's, that's cool for us because like we kind of stand out and we always feel like we're kind of in this like uncomfortable spot, especially when we're like, you know, we have like someone who's booking us who books like like doom bands or just like heavier bands. Like we get in there and we're like kind of like the softest band there. And then like we get roped into these like psych rock bills or whatever. And then we're like the heaviest bands there, <laughs> you know, and like we're constantly kind of falling in this like uncharted territory which is like which is cool because like i think it's really cool that we've been able to like develop this really kind of unique sound that doesn't sound like a template of another band but at the same time it's like are we still trying to find our identity or have we found it and like we're just kind of fucking on our own right here you know is this good enough should we be falling into another genre you know you kind of just play with that idea a lot you know dependently like, kind of on that's just kind of how i feel about about our music in general yeah you know? I, don't, I don't think that i'd ever call us the softest band <laughs> even <laughs> even at the loud do doomy shows like we've we've played um some some pretty heavy ones and definitely held our own i mean i um no yeah i'm not even saying yeah i'm not even saying you know yeah I'm thinking back to like Descendants of Crom, which was in Pittsburgh. It was a really, really great festival. Um, two days of mostly really, really heavy music. And the the response to our set at that show was just like nothing we could have expected at, at a festival like that. Um, and that's that's what's interesting about it, too, is that we we do ride that line to an extent that like it is heavy enough for those people and it's also not heavy enough or it's it's also uh not overbearing for the um kind of casual listener who's just trying to uh you know come out and watch a band play like we've we've been able to for the most part uh do do hold our own live and i i think you know some of some of what we do is definitely not for people who are all about like a specific genre and it it does kind of hurt us in some aspects you know you think about bands that sell like thousands of records who are literally just like you said earlier sleep clones and it's like that's what that's what they do it works for them but like i we we uh, I don't know. We we just never really wanted that for ourselves. We also we sure. always kind of wanted to do our own thing. We didn't want to just like be a carbon copy of somebody else. Didn't want to play by any really rules of having a genre. But 
also wanted to make sure that it rocked at the end of the day. I think that that's what it all comes down to and, and having fun with it too. Um, because ultimately when the three of us are in a room together and we're making, we're making something and we're just jamming is it, it, there's, there's an energy there that you just don't see anywhere. And that's, that's why we do it. Um, it's cause you, you, I, quite frankly, I mean, you can't hear a sound like ours in most places, you know, tell, tell it like it is King. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just i just think about like um some of the desert bands out there that we we really really like uh, i mean we we love earthless we're all like yeah yeah fans of earthless and um you know that that most recent stoned and dusted that um they did and the one with nebula was they, they were both so well put together and absolutely insane the energy that um you know they were able to capture with with that film i think that that's kind of what we're trying to channel with what we're doing for sure i could put on sun voyager and be like oh i hear earthless in this but i know that this is not earthless because they're like well we don't want to do what they do you know like you Mm -hmm. might have like a similar setup like you're a power trio but like that doesn't mean you have to do the exact same thing and also like i don't and I definitely like some bands that fall within more of like, you know, kind of the by the book sort of things. And, you know, there's sure. something to be said for a band that can do something good. You know what I mean? I'm not going to like get down on anybody because I'm like, well, if you do it well. Case in point, um, I'm not knocking them, by the way. This is not a knock monologue. <laughs> Uh, we I saw Monolord at Desert Fest New York. That was my first time seeing Monolord. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was there. I was there. Yeah, yeah, I was there too. Completely, <laughs> completely oh, rock, rocked my socks off. I went, I went fucking nuts. I mean, and that that's a band that prior to that I was like, oh, this is just another sleep clone. But to see them live, the the power that they bring, it's just otherworldly like jesus christ yeah it's 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 a bit of a different experience and it's like live it has just like a lot more oomph to it um but that i was also gonna say like i think kind of the great thing about uh doom fans is that doom fans are kind of like punk rock fans they love their meat and potatoes but they are also very willing to try something outside of the box and that not to say that Sun Voyager is like super outside of the box, but like you're definitely right in that peripheral of, you know, this is something that people are going to want to jam to uh, because there's some other aspect of the music that they like that's going to just like resonate. And I think it would probably give you the opportunity to play with like some pretty cool acts. I mean, I, I have like a lot of friends that are like, like I like dooms their thing, but I buddy, he was like, I'm amped to go see, um, uh, body count because they were coming around you know like they were really into like lingua ignata who has kind of blown up within the metal community and sort of like established sort of this weird like niche i mean it's like the boundaries of what metal can do and be defined as is just being really i think pushed now which is great but anyway i'm kind of getting on a tangent here we've we've opened for for certainly a, a wide array of different bands varying from dead meadow to the well to like we played with wolf tooth out in indie <laughs> we've played with some pretty f- friggin sludgy bands um 
it's and yeah. it's it's always it's always a blast it's always a blast yeah i was just gonna say too like it, it's funny that you say that about like like doom or metal fans like they're always like they're so like open-minded and willing and that's something like it took me a while to acknowledge because like I, I would remember going to these like heavier shows and we were booked on these bills with all like metal bands. And I'm just like, I'm just like, yo guys, like we don't fit in here. I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to respond well to this. Like, I don't think it's going to be a great show. You know, it's just, it's just like a bunch of metal dudes. I'm just like, I don't know how this is going to go. And those like hands down are probably some of the best shows we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like we sell the most merch and like, just the most friendly people and they all come up to you and they were like, Hey man, you guys fucking, you know, brought the house down, you know, dudes who are like, I thought were like eyeing us from across the room, like, you know, looking for us to, you know, bounce. And then it's like, slowly it came over me. I'm just like, we show up in our Western shirts and our bolo ties. They're like, who the fuck are these? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So these cowboys packing. But I think I think we forget sometimes how heavy like our own song "God Is Dead." Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. one. I mean, that's a good that's example of one. Pretty, it's a pretty heavy song, and I mean, we we definitely um, <laughs> we're weren't writing it thinking about you at the time. Like it, it was. It did not always sound like that, too. By the way, like it it originally sounded completely different. Um, I I think that I I was riding home on the bus from the city one day and i was listening to like a fu manchu song where like they stopped and the vocals just came in and punched like fu manchu does so well and i was like dude it it just rocked me to my core like that's what god is dead needs (laughs) (laughs) and it, it just it just came out and and it it was it was heavier and that's what it needed um still and it's still a fun song to play to this day we've we we wrote that song like seven years ago at this point it's an oldie but a goodie i don't know like metal fans they probably also just are like oh man i've been like bashing my neck and headbanging all day i kind of need a breather and it's like oh man i'm having a good time here too though right (laughs) they they like i think just metal fans like to you know they like to switch it up. I mean, obviously you're going to have your sticks in the mud because it's metal and there has to be about 10 sticks in the, in the mud puddle. Sure. Sure. At all times. But for the most part, I mean, you're, I think you're in like, a, I think you're in that good spectrum where you could like appeal to a pretty like wide range of people. And I think you could probably even get away with more, like, like even a little more like mainstream, but don't sure. sell out. <laughs> No, for well, I'm I'm kidding. Might, I might sign the check. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on where I'm at yeah, in my no. life. We'll we'll see what happens with this next one. So the the Hudson Valley area of New York um, has a pretty like pretty like strong scene going on within it. Um, I just spoke with Earl from Shadow Witch. Plus, you have bands like It's Not Night Space and Geezer. I think it was referred to as uh, Hudson Heavy or Heavy Hudson. Yeah, I don't know. I heard that. Hudson That's great. Hudson Valley Heavy. Hudson Valley Heavy. Was Earl calling it Hudson Heavy? No, he called it Hudson Valley Heavy. Nice. I I fucked it up. <laughs> That's definitely what it is. And those the, the shows with those guys up in Kingston are just always insane and always a great time. 
and it's not night at space in New Paltz. You you show up to the those shows at Snugs and you got the the New Paltz um, freaks out there dancing with their yeah. off on the on the on the bar floor and uh, climbing the trees outside while it's not night at space is inside wailing. Those are some of the best nights. I, I mean, yeah, God, yeah. We we played with Ecstatic Vision there. It was like pre COVID, but not not too far maybe it was the winter before and they came up to snugs and we played with them no 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 this was at snugs and their van was parked out front and some dude got bashed up outside smashed his head on the van and they had blood they're like van dork some dude's head got smashed along it you don't remember that I, i i do remember that i do remember that now yeah, he's like, yeah, man, some dude just got fucking smashed on my van out there. I got to get out of here. <laughs> it's like, all right, Snake, I'll see you later, bro. Yeah, he, he totally used to go by the name Snake Sustain, too. <laughs> I got to get out of here. They might think I did it. <laughs> They'd be like, dude, you did do it. <laughs> you just don't remember doing it. Yeah, but there's, there's a lot of, I, I mean... Going back in the day, we used to play at this place. I mean, we played with Geezer at this spot in Hudson called the Half Moon. That was a, a friggin' blast. We we go up to Albany. I mean, Car- Carlos went to school up in Albany, and we kind of started as a band playing basement parties at his house up there and playing at Valentine's, which, God, that take me back to that place. But it's, uh, you know... Yeah, there. That was that was our guy, um, Jason. Like, I I had these guys come up to Albany. I'm just like, yo, man. Like, we gotta start playing shows. Like, we should get, we should start playing music again. And I knew I would go to this 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 little punk club down the road uh, from my apartment, and this place called Paulie's, which got fucking bulldozed a few years ago. But uh, yeah, I used to go there and just like hang out and see shows. And like Albany was like a weird thing where it's like because there was a big, big hardcore scene in Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, any any kind of notable hardcore band that toured through New York would stop in Albany. There's a place called Bogies right down the street from me as well. The going the other way from my apartment, which is like kind of where the hardcore scene would just kind of hang out and there was always shows there i saw iron reagan there like two people in the in the stage uh two people in the venue um but yeah this place paulie's and uh this guy jason like really for oh, iron reagan That's yeah wild. dude it, it was nuts it was very it was like at the end of like bogeys like mm. the hardcore scene is just like it was very strange and like yeah i thought i thought the place would be packed and there was like there was like four of us standing there uh it was really strange but yeah and uh, albany had this weird thing where it's like you had to be an albany band you had to be like from the area to like play there it was like it was like a weird thing where like you couldn't really get in you could they wouldn't really book you unless like they knew you were a local to kind of play with like the local bills and i eventually just like at that point we were like kind of a band but like i was living in albany they were down here in orange county and i was just like oh yeah no i have a band up here like we're a band and he's like okay you can come in and play the three dollar thursdays um 
And so it's three bucks to get in on Thursdays. And this dude, Jason would put on these like punk shows uh, at this place, Polly's. And that's how we started to like meet other bands. There was a great band from Albany called Linear North. Um, we hooked up with them. And our first, our first few gigs was at this place, Polly's. And we went under the name Black Masses, which, mm. which was right when I think Electric Wizard came out with Black Masses. And I was like, yo, that's a great album name. Let's jack that as like a band name. And for like <laughs> our first few shows, it might have been only one show, Stefan. I don't even know if you remember. I, it, Maybe yeah, one or two for sure. I, I think that we played as Black Masses at your, at your uh, basement too yeah i used to throw shows in my house and in our basement and yeah we would just go by black masses like we didn't have anything recorded like we just like wanted to play you know and like mm -hmm. meet people and like and like figure it out so so yeah that that's how we started playing and uh that was that was like some of our first uh first gigs ever we're just like in albany at this at this little at this little club and then, like, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of weird shit that has happened through in the Hudson Valley too. I mean, like, we we played Melt Asia Music Festival a couple of years ago uh, when Rocky Erickson headlined, and that was just an insane festival. I think they, there was probably way too much money spent on it, but it was like the best time for the people who were there. Mm -hmm. um there was i feel like i think it was rocky and then raycon the chef raycon. right after <laughs> yeah it was insane. wow that's like polarizingly opposite. it was insane yeah it was insane he came out his like car i think pulled up right to the right to the stage like you're not even supposed to have your car over there yeah and it was just like him and his boys and they got out and they just like threw it down for a bunch of white kids in the woods. Um, it's very strange. They got Pete and Pete to host it. Um, like the actual Pete and Pete, Danny Tamborelli. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he's from like a few towns over from my hometown. Kyle, actually the older Pete. I, I think that Kyle was on the moon bounce or something. Cause there was a moon bounce right next to the stage. Of course, so there was. You're like, you're like jumping up and down during Rocky Erickson's set. Kyle comes out of the, the moon bounce. He's got his shoes on, and uh, older Pete yells at him. He's like, dude, what are you doing in there with your shoes on? And Kyle, like, he does this thing where he, like, pretends to pull a gun. <laughs> like, I'll just be like, he'll say, like, hold me back. And like everybody will start to hold him back, and then he like <laughs> pulls a fake gun out of his pants. He's like, freeze! And he seriously freaked out older Pete. Well, for listeners, he doesn't carry around a fake gun with him, he just uses his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and point, point at him, he's like, freeze! And it's just it might be a real gun, it's just not loaded. There's no bullets. Yeah, no. That's fine. It's a soap yeah. gun. Yeah, but that, that was that was insane. Judah played that show. Uh, played roll the balls. Freaking never forget that. Um, Giant dog played that. Was, those guys put on an insane show. Jesus Christ! And there yeah, was uh, this uh, band. Uh, it was a rock school band 
covered Kiss, did like a whole cover set of just Kiss, and it was gnarly. One of the gnarliest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it was perfect for us because it, the, the festival didn't make any sense, and we don't make any sense. So, it was like- <laughs> <laughs> and you and you probably got like an earlier slot, and you're like, ah, great, because we have to see this like go through. Oh, oh yeah. we were the first band Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. We we woke up the whole the whole uh, campgrounds at like at like two in the afternoon because everyone was still passed out from the night before. Oh, I'm sure everybody was like way fucked up, and then it was just like, oh shit, we have like All two more sudden, days. Trees start shaking, and like we just fuck, just turned that shit off, dude. <laughs> I think they were expecting Richie Havens or something, but uh, no Richie here. Yeah, <laughs> Woodstock. Uh, no, yeah, it was. There's, there's definitely uh, a lot of really sweet stuff uh, all throughout the Hudson Valley. All the towns uh, along the highway there, 87, are just you know like Rhinebeck and uh, Saugerties. The guys used to live up in Coxsackie for a number uh, for the one year uh, when. I think it was your junior year at college, Carlos. Um, we don't talk about those days. What an unfortunate <laughs> name for a town. Coxsackie Correctional Facility. Yeah, there's a jail right around the corner from us. We all spend some time there. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, good. I was about to say, damn, what the hell did you do? Did you bash that guy's head in on the van? <laughs> no, funny story, there was a guy that sat outside the Stewarts in Coxsackie up there. And, you know, we were all a bunch of long hairs at the time. And he just did not like us. Um, you'd, you'd walk didn't past like him. Yeah, you, you <laughs> walk past him to buy a six-pack of Mountain Brew. for, or a, No, it was like a 24-pack of Mountain Brew for $5. And this guy would just be sitting outside Stewart smoking a cigarette like, fucking gay, come around here with that fucking hair. And you just be like, did I do something to you, man? Yeah, yeah. Kyle pulled a fake gun on him. <laughs> That's probably what he did. He probably did it one day when he was alone, and then he never told you guys. He definitely did definitely. it one day. In addition to there being a lot of like you know cool venues and cool bands in the Hudson Valley, there's also um, a lot of craft beer in that neck of the woods, um, and uh, definitely have sampled some of it. Uh, in fact, before uh, the pandemic, we were supposed to meet at a, some brewery up there. I don't remember which one. And we were going to record an episode like at, like in person at the brewery. But uh, but what are some of your favorites from up there? I mean, I know like Russian Duck is one that a lot of people go to. And uh, what's the what's the one? In, is it is it in it's in Suffern, right? Is it, um, I forget the name of it. One that we Defiant Defiant. Yeah, Defiant and Pearl River. That place. Yeah, Pearl River. We played there with uh, another one with Geezer, another great Hudson Valley band, and Heavy Temple. Defiant's a really cool brewery. Yeah, no, Rushing Duck. I mean, my my dad goes there. I think like every day. I think my dad (laughs) Rushing Duck in business. Also in Pearl River is Gentle Giant. I really love Gentle Giant. Yeah, I've had a couple of their beers, but I never got a chance to visit the brewery. Their barbecue is insane. That's oh, what I God. heard. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. But yeah, there, there's um, well, there's one, there's one here. I'm in the, I'm in the city of Newburgh. Uh, oh yeah, Newburgh. I def, I have, I've been up to the Newburgh Brewery long time <laughs> ago. 
Yeah, Newburgh Brewery is just a few blocks down from me. Over in Beacon, there's the, I think it's just called the Hudson Valley Brewery. Yeah, there's the Hudson uh, Valley Brewery. There's Drop In in uh, yep. Beacon. There's Long Lot in Chester, which is right down the road from Rushing Duck. They're actually friends with Rushing Duck. Oh, my family does like a whole beer tour uh, when we get together in Orange County that basically starts in uh, Chester at Rushing Duck or ends in Chester at Rushing Duck. And uh, we work our way over to Westtown Brew Works, which is uh, in Westtown. I don't I think it's New York. It might be New Jersey, though. It's like you you cross through Chester. So either you start at Long Lot or Rushing Duck and then you go to the other one on your way into Florida. There's Glenmere in Florida, New York. And then <laughs> one of the weirdest phrases as you're telling somebody directions and then you wind up in Florida and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Florida, New York. But yeah, Glenmere is actually a really sweet brewery, but there's Brown Barn Brewery, which is on the way. And that's also Orange County Distillery. They make really awesome whiskey there. And Pine Island Brewery is uh, in Pine Island and then Westtown Brewworks in Westtown. Warwick has a new brewery now, too. And Monroe even has a brewery. So, yeah, they're popping up left and right. And then Jersey has a bunch, too. Like um, our buddy from Smock, Cameron, works at uh, Elementary. And... Yep, yep, right around here. I mean, I, I'm in. I'm right by a bunch of – I think there's like five in Bergen County now. Like I'm right by my friends uh, in Bolero Snort. Um, I'm not far off from Brick City, Hackensack uh, Brewing Company. Like you oh. said before, I mentioned Elementary. I think there's one more. Uh, and then also I'm close – like Montclair has a brewery. Hackensack Brewery is really good. Um, I think my fiance just drank my last set break from Brick City. That's really good IPA. Um, and I thought you say like we're gonna have a talk about that. <laughs> you know what's a really good Jersey brewery that I've been drinking a lot of lately is Tonewood. Uh, Don't know them actually. I, they're South Jersey, like down by. There's Philly. a lot of South Jersey because yeah. I'm assuming just because there's more more land might be cheaper. Yeah. There's just so much beer. It's amazing. There's there is so much beer. Um, the place that we were supposed to meet was called Nap Time, which I'm assuming is a bar. No, that's a that's a brewery. It is and, a brewery. And they make pretty banging beer. They're also I, the name Nap Time. I was told when I was there is like a play on the band Sleep because they're all oh well. Nap. I got to talk to these guys then. You know, you do have to talk to those guys. They're really they're fucking awesome and i think what they they had i i want to say it was no it wasn't a dope smoker beer um but i some of their beer names are also plays on like doom bands and shit so oh nap time liquid creation oh they're one of these breweries that doesn't have a website yeah, I, I, I think when I was there for a website, man. I think when I was there, I probably rubbed them the wrong way. I was like, dude, I can help you get found online. <laughs> <laughs> they like, and they were like, Yeah, whatever, dude. And I was just like so drunk, I kept pushing it. So guys, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm, I'm not sorry. You, you still don't have a website. <laughs> I definitely won't mention this. At uh, at risk of of uh, worsening the relationship. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. Their, their their beer is fantastic, and that's all that matters. If you can find them, go. 
Their full name is Naptime Liquid Creation. I think it's in Blavel. It's actually right near the Palisades Mall. Oh, wow. Oh, speaking of, uh, I think there's another brewery, a Nyack there. Um, two Villains, which used to be a bar called Olives that we played from time to time. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't, I've never been there, but I know of Olives. Yeah, I mean, we, the shows there sucked, but it was, um, <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, that may have just been an excuse to get out of the house. Hey, like, babe, I got a show, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, there are those. Have you ever considered doing a Sun Voyager beer? And if you have, what would it be? So, true story. Uh, there is. There is a oh, there Voyager. is. Okay. We played a brewery, Division Brewing, down in Arlington, Texas. And, I mean, it was... It's such a sweet brewery. They have a King of the Road IPA. I mean, they're, they're huge, like, stoner rock, desert rock, doom fans there and there's just such a thriving scene for all of that stuff in texas in general i i think that they're all really close to the band mothership too that would um, make sense yeah and i mean we played there um it was a it was a weird night i think it was like a wednesday night it wasn't like the biggest crowd but they like they loved us and we had a great time with them and they named a double IPA after us. And if you were asking what kind of beer it would be, I would make it a double IPA. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> and they, they made it a double IPA. I don't know. I don't know if you feel differently, Carlos. No, I'll second that motion. Yes. I think it's an eight percent or maybe it's a 10 percenter. Yeah. Those guys were, uh, we, we actually were just talking about, we were in the studio yesterday, two days ago. We were talking about that, right? Yeah. The, the, tri- the trifecta of shows down in Texas. We played uh, Arlington at Division. Then we played this. Uh, it was a pre-party for a festival called Saturnalia at the uh, Electric Church in Austin. And that show was with White Dog, and it was insane. And then we played um, in Houston at the Satellite with Forming the Void, The Well, and Warlung. And just freaking insane trifecta of shows and yep i we left my base head in uh <laughs> in houston that night yeah uh, I love this, you, this was this was gonna come up <laughs> i love how you hesitated and i knew you're you were like unsure whether you're gonna bring it up you're like and we call it our 9 11 uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no, no. <laughs> We do. We do. We, 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 we were playing in Knoxville the next night, um, which was 13 hours away. There was no chance that we could even like if had we even realized somewhere along the way to the next venue that it was behind. It was it was literally like 400 miles away, 500 miles away. Yeah. Um, no. And we got and hold on, can I finish the story? You want to finish the story? Rush? You can finish the story. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, the, like I'm you said, here while you finish the story. <laughs> The next show was in Knoxville, and I still can't remember where we slept that night in Houston, but it was like a wild night. Then, you know, we had like a 14, 15 hour drive and like the show started at like eight and like we are cruising um, to try and get there. And like, of course, like we're stopping to like 
we're stopping in states where like you can you can drink in the car as long as you're not driving and so we're like filling up our gas tank and like grabbing more booze and like we're driving to the venue and like you know i think the show maybe started at eight our gps wasn't putting us there until like 9 30 um they had to like a band had to go on before us because like we're still like an hour out and we show up like there's a band on they're finished in like five minutes we come just fucking rolling out of the car open the trunk start running our equipment and our merchant because we gotta like get on stage literally right after driving 15 hours straight and then uh stefan comes in he's like yo man did you grab my bass head it's like no i didn't grab it it's like oh okay i don't see it in the car it's like i didn't grab it dude and it was like at that moment like five minutes before we had to go on that like we realized that the bass head was in houston oh god <laughs> showing up hours late to the venue we already had bumped the band now we're like all right now we got to find someone to let stefan use the uh like a bass amp or like a rig or something because we're about to go on in like five minutes i'm, and- I'm pretty sure i dropped to my knees and yelled fuck <laughs> yeah i'm pretty you're sure. like willem dafoe and platoon just like yeah. it was exactly like that it was exactly like that i didn't get it back until the last show that i saw before the pandemic which was forming the void brought the head on tour with them with church of misery and truck fighters and um brought it schlepped it up to new york for me i met them in brooklyn at the Kingsland. And, I was uh, there. I was there. You were there? I was oh. there. I didn't say hello. I should have said hello. This this is it. It's right here. <laughs> Look at it. Yeah. It's it beautiful. just it just explodes. Yeah. Just... Yeah. <laughs> I actually dropped my SVT two weeks ago and it's busted. I have to get it fixed. I was nice. so in it there's a step out of our studio into the garage and here i am thinking i'm like i don't know i my like my arms are like massive and i go to pick up my this this 215 lifts with with the head on top of it the 215 is like i don't know 80 pounds the svt is like 80 pounds i'm like yes i'm gonna do it and down svt went down busted (laughs) sad story it's really sad well, I hate to end on a downer. <laughs> Not gonna be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> well, I we we do have an album coming out. I was gonna say, is uh, is there anything that you uh, Sun Voyager is currently working on? I was literally mixing um, one of the last songs we have to finish for this next record five minutes before we jumped on. So. Um, yeah, we're hoping to release the album later this year. It's tentatively, but probably definitely going to be called Some Strange. And looking at nine songs right now, have some killer ideas around what we're going to do for it. And um, this one, we feel uh, re- we really nailed our song, our sound our live sound 
with this record more so than I think we we've ever done in the past. I think we feel better about this batch of recordings than we ever have. And, um, I think, you know, replicating that sound, I think is going to be a lot easier for us going forward. We have a lot more control over what we're doing with this, this setup, this studio down here. And, um, I mean, Kyle's still on paternity leave, so not, not much he can do, <laughs> but, um, we, we have, a lot more songs recorded beyond the ones that we have uh, for this record. So mm. we're, we're trying to, we're trying to just start churning them out. Feeling, feeling pretty good. Awesome. Oh, another thing I didn't say before is uh, that's great about um, your, your first record seismic vibes is uh, 35 minutes. I'm impressed. You don't get a lot of <laughs> bands doing uh, albums that are shorter than like 45 to 50 minutes. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm always impressed by that. I'm just like, oh, this is like just moving along at a nice clip. I love it. Nice and tight. I yeah. think I think we were a little bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would I would argue against that. Yeah, no, we 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 have that argument all the time. Is this song too long? Should this song be two minutes or should it be eight minutes? You know, like we're constantly trying to to figure that out ourselves and we, we we talk about it all the time but yeah i think uh i i think the album you know seismic vibes like like you said just kind of moved at a good clip um you know no no fusses no no diddling around we just like got to the point just like cut through an album yeah and all of that was done mostly uh live with some like we, we added some textures and flavors after the fact with our buddy Evan and Sam and Paul in, in his studio down there in Asbury park. Mm -hmm. um, so there was, it was, it was, that one was, was really hard because we were, we had to drive down to Jersey to record. And I, I don't think that we, we understood the, the capabilities that we could get at home, um, which we have now that we're able to uh, just take something that we did. Like for this album, we actually recorded most of it down there as well. And then took the mixes home with us and, mm -hmm. and we're able to add all the vocals, guitar sounds. I reamped the bass uh, here and I mean, getting some filthy tones, a um, lot more freedom to explore, explore the space as Christopher Walken would say. <laughs> um, Bruce Dickinson, the Bruce Dickinson. We 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 really like the way that this next one is headed. Not not to knock on seismic vibes. Every time I listen back to Hairbrained, it freaking rocks my world. How hard that song really sounds. But um, yeah, psyched. Uh, as am I. Um, I'm I because I I'm I'm excited to see what you do with it. Um, because I I think you I think you really started off on the right the right foot. I, I've always I like to bump to Open Road. It's a great song. It's a great record to put on if you're driving. Thank you. We think this one's going to be good to rock when you're driving. There's a little something for the Doom fans out there. A little something for the people who uh, people with the motorcycles, people who just like to chill in their vans and smoke pot. Um, yeah, we take it. We we want to go out to the desert. Really, though. End of the day, it's, it's where. It's where this whole thing is headed. It's where this whole thing is destined to end, right? One-way ticket, baby. Yeah. 
I think there's a little bit of irony that there's that there's no desert fest in the desert. Very strange. One hundred percent. You you know you you bring it. I mean, and not to knock Desert Fest because I had a great time at that festival. But uh, you you bring it to the states and you put it in New York, <laughs> yeah. where you never know if it's going to be warm or cold or raining or not. That was covered in cement. That was the first. I mean, like Melt Asia was the first like bigger festival that we play, but like that was the first kind of festival within our genre. Yeah, it was like within our genre that we played. And I mean, we played the small room. Yeah, a lot of people didn't love the small room. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we we were the first band on Sunday in that small room and um, to to walk on stage. I, I just remember standing on stage before we played like usually you have time to just like putz around and set up but like everybody was just standing there watching you and you're like okay this is this is a festival this is this is it (laughs) (laughs) and um i remember ending the set and hearing ruby the hatchet destroying outside just be like we got to get out there let's let's wrap this up let's get out there (laughs) Oh, they did. They were great. Yeah, it was a good weekend. It was just a little bit cold, so I was I was really amped because I was like, "Oh, sweet! This is going to be September, be hopefully warmer." And then the world ended. Well, those guys did an excellent job with that festival. I mean, they really did, and I like the venue too. They just needed to have another like outdoor stage. That's another venue that closed. Yeah, sadly. So I don't know what they'll do. There's nothing else in Brooklyn really like it to. I think they could pull it off at elsewhere because elsewhere has the inside venue. They have an out. They have an uh, upstairs that they could probably like outfit, and then they have like an an outdoor area like where they could probably set up like you know tents and shit, food vendors, whatever. And I think they have a small room, kind of like Webster Hall has like the smaller rooms, so. It could probably work there. They should do that and then have a after party at KCBC because it's literally right around the corner. Hey, I should email them. That'd be sick. You heard it here first. Desert Fest. Yeah. If you're listening, hire me. (laughs) (laughs) We were actually talking to TP Records about doing uh, an after party for Desert Fest last year at the on the rooftop of Our Wicked Lady. So that's another sad thing that didn't happen. It would have been us and Mirror Queen and I think Grandpa Jack. Oh wow. That's sort of like the uh uh sort of a, a little peek behind the curtain. Yes, uh it's it was an after party that never happened. Wow. Uh, that's a bummer. We just I was really that. excited to go too. I don't think I spoiled anything by saying <laughs> it's something that almost happened and never happened. Well, hopefully the it'll happen again and they'll keep that in mind. That would be a lot of fun. Um, so I, uh, like last question before we wrap, uh, what have you been listening to lately? Mm-hmm. Like, I, obviously I've been listening to nothing but sun Voyager. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, I've, Thanks. I've honestly been listening to nothing but sun. Voyager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're mixing right now. <laughs> yeah. The perils of, of mixing. What have I been listening to recently? 
you know you know who i started uh, I, I just started picking back up again whenever i like start playing like a lot of guitar in my apartment starting to play more i always listen to radio moscow i don't know if you're familiar with those dudes those are, i know them but i haven't really given them the time yet there's a lot of bands out there you know <laughs> there's only a few uh yeah radio moscow i've been i've been listening to that mushroom out magical dust or magical dirt i think that that's my my album for radio moscow yeah yeah just started just been listening to them a lot recently i'm trying to think uh Trying to think what else. What else have I been listening to? I don't know, Mersh, anything come top of mind? Yeah. Um I have been listening to that Cyclona record a fair amount. Listening to Fuzz Three a fair amount. I've got Thin Lizzy Live and Dangerous kind of on constant rotation on my record player right now. There's I mean, you're. I'm always coming back to that "Let There Be Rock" album. It's just always on from uh, "Doggy Dog" to "Whole Lot of Rosie." <laughs> and I mean, mixing. We're just just listening to us. <laughs> yeah, you're in this like weird phase where you just like you're overwhelmed because you've listened to like the same track like 600 times in like two weeks. Yeah. I don't feel like listening to anything right now. Yeah. I, I also really try to um, take take our songs and compare them to mixes that I think are really excellent and try and make sure that we're um, kind of capturing stuff like that. Like, I think Geezer's last album, Groovy, mm-hmm. was like a really strong, really well-mixed album. So I, I'm trying to go back and forth between those, make sure that we're, we're like taking notes as we're listening to Groovy, get getting some of that down. I think Warlung's last record was really excellent too. Most of the stuff that's on uh, heavy psych sounds, yeah. I mean, all of the Brant Bjork stuff is is really fucking awesome. Ecstatic, any any of Ecstatic Visions records, um, always pop them on. I mean, Sonic Praise was like definitely a major influence on on this record i think and i think yeah i black rainbows too really good yeah there's there's so many i mean ruby the hatchet and heavy temple um keep jamming those guys i mean killer by ruby the hatchet i keep coming back to that too yeah i love that song it's just so well put together the drum fills and like the dueling guitar solo in the organ um that duel there in that song and i mean just just the hook it's it's so it's such like a perfect heavy song uh for like post um 2010 or whatever yeah yeah, we called her our, our seltzer queen at Desert Fest. <laughs> yeah, because she was rocking like these the giant the liter bottles of polar. Oh, nice. So mad respect. Mad respect for the polar. Indeed. Uh what have I been listening to? Uh tons. They're from Italy. Kind of like Italian weed eater. Uh Dawn Raid, great, great black metal band. Um and then, uh, I mean, like, 
like the thing with a a band like Esoteric, it's like it's like The Godfather. You need to set aside like a day to listen to the album because it's like two hours of just like punishing funeral doom, and it's awesome. But it's also two hours of punishing funeral doom. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's uh, on cue for tomorrow to pick to pick back up. I'm gonna have to take yeah. some mixing notes from those guys. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's hard to even find the riff because the stuff just goes and it's just like this horrible, beautiful noise for just like 26 minutes. And I, I don't know, it's it's like two steps above sun in terms of like just like slow expansiveness. It's really cool. Really nice. neat band. Uh, check that out. Yeah, I'm always trying to get a kind of doomy bass tone in standard tuning. Uh, I think it's it's definitely an integral part of our sound. Trying yeah. to play do human standard tuning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about going down to drop D or drop drop C numerous times, but just doesn't stick. We gotta drop it, dude. We gotta drop it. I'm declaring it right now, dude. All right. we're, we're dropping the D. <clears throat> we're dropping. We gotta drop the D. Yeah. I'm dropping it. Bringing the hammer out, dude. Speaking of dropping the D, uh, is there anything? Uh, do you guys want to just like plug yourselves before uh, before we uh, call it night here? Hung like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you hang a wet towel on it. It's gonna go all the, go the record. <laughs> you heard it here, people. Oh, wet no. towel. Yeah, well, plug away, plug away, uh, Stefan. What was the question? Drop the D. <laughs> no that was the command the question was do you want to plug yourselves yes uh we are sun voyager we've got a few more copies of seismic vibes on the back burner um they're available on our Bandcamp, uh sun-voyager.bandcamp.com you can find us on facebook instagram twitter tiktok whatever you want your sister's ass um <laughs> no, that's how vic di the co the comedian signs off all of his uh facebook lives it's oh the dude that just like screams and yells everything yeah, that's true i i just remember what he saw he's like what the fucking clowns <laughs> <laughs> that guy is is a legend um, but yeah, we're we're all over the internet. We've got a website. You can order our, our merch, our t-shirts online. We've got an album coming out later this year, and we're probably going to have another one shortly after that. So if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, let's have a beer when we can have a beer. Everybody just, we'll, we'll get there soon. Yep. And don't forget to drop the D. <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> I can't. Merch, pull it out. Just pull it out. <laughs> Just show. Them. Yeah, this isn't a visual medium. It's fine. Got the mixing board right here, man. <laughs> we don't want to break anything. Yeah. Like spit my beer out all over it. Just lay it on the board, dude. Oh, he didn't trip on the step before. He tripped over his hog. <laughs> Whoa! I got a hard, a hard drive sitting here with all our mixes on it, guys. Oh, uh, hard drive. Carlos is trying to break it. Maybe yeah. spit my beer all over the place. 
<laughs> this could be the end of some Voyager. <laughs> yeah, well, one guy's already on paternity leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you go to our website, maybe throw us a couple shekels. Our uh, our drummer's old lady just had a kid, so he needs uh, he needs the bones. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like, if you're gonna buy merch, wait till Bandcamp Friday so that we don't get taxed. You know, here's I'll, I'll sign off with this. Love Bandcamp, Bandcamp rules. The Bandcamp app is amazing. We were talking about it before this went live. But the merch ordering on Bandcamp Friday, or the merch ordering on non-Bandcamp Fridays, basically means the band isn't going to get money when somebody buys their digital album after mm -hmm. the fact. So little known fact, um, that's why Bandcamp Friday is so awesome. So if you're going to buy a t-shirt, wait till the next Bandcamp Friday. Put it on your calendar. I believe it is the first Friday in March. Um, yep. And buy, buy some merch from us then. Well, there you go. Thank you for coming on Diary of Doom, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was great to see you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Hopefully we can do this in person sometime. Yeah, well, yeah. When... When things get normal, well, uh, definitely uh, seeing some Voyager again will be on the to-do list. Uh, or at the very least, uh, we'll meet up in the Hudson Valley area and go have a beer at one of the gajillion breweries up there. Hell yeah. Sounds great. So uh, stay safe, and that will do it for this chapter of The Diary.
Is it Cheat Beer Monday? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, mine's cold as the Rockies. <laughs> I drank all my beer over the weekend. I didn't. That's what Mondays are for. Get some more I beer, dude. I didn't buy enough beer <laughs> over the weekend, and I still have some left over somehow. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't watching the Super Bowl, so I could could have given a shit. I heard it was a pretty bad game anyway. It was a pretty bad game, but I miraculously won like $300 playing FanDuel Sportsbook. Nice. When you, live, when you live in Jersey, you develop a uh, crippling gambling addiction. <laughs> yeah, but a friend of mine said he was doing a lot of betting on the game. <laughs> it's mostly hockey for me, but like I put $10 on the Bucks to win the Super Bowl before the playoffs even started. So I was like, you know what? Let's let's see what we can do here. So is Kyle not here because he was the dude who ran across the the football field naked and he got arrested? Yes. <laughs> Actually, we just we just interesting we 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 just joked the other day that he's on he's on paternity leave from the band. He just had a kid. In, oh, okay. Uh, in December, so you know he's been like MIA since. They're like, oh, dude's on paternity leave from the band. They get it. <laughs> what 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 kind of health, what kind of health insurance are you provided then? Um... He's on his own, dude. <laughs> fuck it <laughs> i mean we do offer 401k but um health insurance no way that's offsides 